Welcome everybody, I'm Rohan Gupta. This is episode 61 of the Good Life Housing Partners podcast. It is a Monday, November 15th, 2021, and we sit here at the Good Life HQ studios recording our 61st podcast. I'm uh, well, looking- 61. Still, yeah, 61, my friend, it's, uh, it's no joke. It's no joke, we're actively getting new subscribers. We're coming out with some deals this next few weeks, so things are moving quite quickly, and lo and behold, next week is Turkey Day. So things are moving very rapidly, and uh, I think we're, we're like halfway through November, and we have barely even know it started. So where does it find you, Mr. David Vaughn? Uh, it finds me very well, thank you. Uh, just came back from Dallas yes. last week from a very busy, as, as always, uh, rush trip. Drew Dallas and and uh, lot to see, a lot to see and lot to do, and I think you're you're also going there this week. So, yes. so it's just yes. a lot of traveling for Probably us. Probably my last trip to Dallas this yes. year. Um, you know, Dallas, like all previous trips, it's 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 always interesting when we go there because it's kind of you know like life pre-pandemic. <laughs> no one's really wearing a mask. Yes, it's, it's, no it's, changes. So you you kind of you know first day or two it takes you a little to adjust to remember. Oh, I don't need to wear this mask. Um, and then you're used to not wearing it, and then you get back on the airplane. You remember, oh wait, I got to put on this mask again. Yeah. And so nah, I mean, uh, you don't have to. And then you get back on. To, well, you can't get on the plane. But ah, I mean, you can. You know, <laughs> I've seen some awkward things happen. And uh, yeah, and then get back here. But I guess a um, couple interesting things last week too. I, I remember last week was, um, I guess, from a news front, real, uh, economics, real estate. Uh, the the labor report came out on uh, consumer prices for October. Mm. And as we all know, inflation's been sticking its ugly little head up. And, and apparently for the month of October, it really stuck its head out. Uh, consumer prices all rose 6.2% year over year in October, which is the uh, fastest pace it's grown in uh, three decades. So everything's gone up. Fuel costs, which I, I, I definitely feel here in California, I think gas in Dallas was like 250 wow. most three bucks. But, you know, and here it's like four fifty. Four fifty five five bucks depending on where you get it. Yeah, in some places, like there's a couple of really uh, notorious gas stations in downtown L.A. Uh, near they're Chinatown. They charge like like well no like seven. <laughs> so, so, really? Yeah. Gouging. So, 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 so there's some serious gouging. So I never understood why we we have three of the biggest refineries in Los Angeles, but the gas pricing is so much more expensive here. Um, is that right? We have three of the biggest yeah, refineries. Yeah, the Torrance and oh, uh, Chevron no and then one other one. I think that would surprise most people. And so, uh, well, it's, I think it's because all the regulations and all the extra uh, costs for the, uh, the clean air stuff. Um, anyway, uh, so prices have been going up. I definitely have seen it, like I said, at, at the gas pump. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a little scary for at least it, it makes, again, leads to that discussion. We always talk about, you know, will the Fed raise the interest rates now? You know, the Fed generally likes to target 2%. You know, price increases and you know six six point two is a, a lot higher. So um, you know, it's it's now suggesting you know people more and more people or at least the the, the spread is moving that that the Fed will raise the interest rates in in June. I don't know. You think they June will? of twenty two? June of twenty two. You think that'll happen, my friend? I don't know. I, I think it's. I think it's. I think it would be a bold move. Um, I I just think that it's going to take a lot to get a, a an economy. It, that's that's for the most part. I think the economy is actually doing pretty well, and it could it would be able to sustain the rate. But the the problem is is that most of like the headline creating parts of the economy are really tied to rate. Like they're they're like home buying and leveraged stock portfolios and 
these things that are like really interconnected to where the interest rate is, that suddenly if that rate went up, a lot of these folks, you would see real like slowdown in certain pretty major parts of the economy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if like people could like stomach that that well. Yeah, on a consumer level, it there's going to be a little heartburn. I mean, it, we already yeah. talked about how I think even on a just bigger buying, level. just buying houses and, you know, housing prices being so high and lack of supply and everything has driven prices even higher. And so there, there, there's some heartburn there. Well, there's some um, real heartburn, the, I think. The other thing that actually interesting also rose to, you know, so gas and other, you know, consumer goods, pretty normal. But they said that rents also started to move higher. And oh, we're seeing that. Rule, and we, we definitely are seeing that. But as a general rule, when when you look at it from the Fed, from a macroeconomic standpoint, I, I read, you know, rents are sort of slower to rise. They don't rise as fast. So the fact that they're rising suggests, OK, maybe there really is, you know, some real inflation as opposed to the sort of transitory that the Fed yeah. had kept saying that we, you know, we've had uh, transitory inflation due to supply chain issues and other issues like that. And then and also, you know, people having too much money and, and you know, and there's this desire to spend. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to, to see um, what, what happens. Um, I don't think, though, when I look at investment from a long term standpoint, I think from what we do, I st while it, interest rates will impact yeah. the real estate market, commercial real estate market. I think there's just especially in multifamily. I just think the demand for the product is just too strong and there's been too many new players added to this market and again we've talked about the housing shortages and things like that so i think long term i don't think it's really going to impact i don't think it's not like i don't think we're going to get some kind of depression all of a sudden in, in the apartment market or anything like that or a huge slowdown i, think there yeah, could see, be some I agree slowing. with you i i don't think but i do think one thing that's starting to happen is the coastal rents while they've also been lifting up like mm -hmm. in coastal cities um, they, they haven't lifted as much as like rents in more uh, cities in, in middle America, like mm -hmm. Dallas, Phoenix, Denver. Those rents have actually gone up higher. Mm -hmm. And what's starting to happen is, is it seems like the, the, it's not the median rent yet. The median rent probably in this country is somewhere between like $1,200 and $1,500. But the median rent seems to be pushing closer to $2,000 and not $1,000. And so what's going to, I think, start happening eventually is like you're going to start to see places that normally don't have that many $2,000 rents, like Dallas or Phoenix or Denver or like these, these cities that have historically been close to $1,000, where that cost of living was like thought to be really, really affordable. That rent is going to be looking like almost double what it was like four or five years ago. And it's already happened on the first fringe when that rent was closer to $700 than $1,000. Now it's at like... $1,400 and it's creeping its way to 2000 And as it gets closer to 2000 you're going to start to see people say, God, I mean, is this cost of living truly cheaper in Dallas than it is in maybe in like Riverside? And it's probably not as like, it's probably about the same now. It's not that difference in cost where you get savings is like the other stuff is cheaper and there's no state taxes and some of the other things are gone. So that's what will allow. But as it starts to get like become the mean, the median, or, e or even the median, if it's not the mean, then you'll start. I think you might see the shift back, but I'm not sure. I, I don't. I, well, I mean, I think well, that could well, happen. I, well, actually, what what you say is actually uh, consistent with something I saw from the USC Less Center, which was the real estate center. Well, there. come on down, USC so, Less Center. So they were yourself they, were, me, buddy. they they put out a recent study. They're talking about luxury apartment rents in mm -hmm. Southern California. 
And, um, you know, the average rent right now in L.A. County, just all of L.A. County, is about uh, $2,073 a month. And our vacancy rate is 3.9%. Orange County, uh, which is south of us, is $2,439 per month. And their vacancy is 2.1%. And so they project the rents um, by the end of the third quarter 2023, uh, L.A. County rents will have jumped another $252. Uh, four hundred ten dollars in Orange County, and three hundred forty-eight in San Diego, and uh, two hundred forty-one in the Inland Empire, which is where a lot of people have fled, right, to, to get cheaper rents. So things, if you look, just look at the LA market or Southern California market, it they project it will continue to increase. And, and similarly, in the same article, they also talked about these other places where people have fled because they were cheaper. We'll also start to see the rise. Like I, I would tell you, Austin for sure. Like yeah, and Austin it, is a good it's example. not that different than like. Not like, I'm not saying Beverly Hills, but it's not that different than like a lot of parts of LA now. Where it's cheaper is like, yeah, when you go out to eat, it's going to be a little bit cheaper. And there's no t- state tax. So your cost of living does go down. And like, it's just like the wages are lower there. So for other services and stuff, it's, it's just cheaper. Yeah, it is cheaper. Well, well, but, but the rents are not the, the rent, same. The rents They're are not the same. And the houses are actually, the pricing is starting to really get there. Oh, it's, it's starting to much, get. And it's getting much more difficult. And actually, I think California, our state is playing a lot of ways. Yeah. Because of all the relocations, Oracle, Elon, you know, Tesla, all those things. I read an interesting New York Times Magazine article this weekend. They talked about the, the you know, uh, certain New Yorkers who were, who were thinking about moving to Austin and how it so difficult it became for them to chase houses. How houses have multiple offers, and 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 a lot of them are remodels too. And there's just not the inventory, and it's just this huge movement because of companies moving there, like like Tesla, and then just in general a lot of Californians uh, moving there. And then you also have the California speculators moving yeah. there too. And so it's just just turned Austin into sort of a crazy uh, housing market now. I I think it, I think it's really true. Like I mean, like even like I I look at you know one of the really simple indicators I look at on, on price, like whenever mm-hmm. I'm in a city, is, is, is actually just like buying a beer at a bar. It's like a very easy way to figure out whether you're in like Hong Kong or you're in an island, you know, like an island off the coast of Central America or you're in Los Angeles. Okay. Like What's that, the pricing differences? Well, like Hong Kong, so I, I mean, I, I, I'll give you the basics. So like Hong Kong, the price of like a beer is gonna be like, 10 or 11 dollars and i've been in year two 10 years. 11 us dollars 10 or 11 us dollars yeah uh-huh. it's gonna be 10 11 bucks and that's just basic beer and okay. that's it's a british colony so beer is actually a little cheaper okay they have all these old tariffs and rules in los angeles it's like 10 bucks 10 bucks for the okay. most part if you go to like some small town in mexico it's like two bucks okay but you know dollar fifty two bucks you go to cabo it's like nine bucks okay. like i was in oklahoma city this past week like you were traveling oklahoma city now is like Eight nine bucks. Oh, like, that's like and but these up. are the more the fancier places. Like I met okay. some folks for, out like you know that's eight nine bucks. So where's, like where's Dallas and New York? Da- New York is like twelve bucks. Okay. Yeah, LA is like ten ish. New York's like eleven twelve, and but uh, that's like a pretty like wherever you go, you can it's always gonna kind of like regress to that mean pricing. Yeah, yeah. Unless you go somewhere super fancy, um, like I had lunch at Beverly Hills. Like you know the, it was fifteen bucks. Like <laughs> so it's just. It just kind of matters where you are, I think. But mm-hmm. but overall, in that city, that 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 floor pricing will be about the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're seeing it like start to get. You're starting to see pricing become very similar in certain like some of these bigger cities, more like urban areas. Yeah. Well, hopefully the prices stabilize. I, I think the Fed and a lot of people are hoping that you know the demand kind of moderates a little bit 
and our production capacity and, and, and supply chain problems get fixed. And, and so that'll kind of balance it out. And this uh, price increase will be temporary or at least start to moderate some somewhat more. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be good. Um, so last week was also Veterans Day. Yes, on Thursday. Thursday, yes. yes. And so, uh, yeah, we were surprised because uh, we actually went to some gym and uh, tried to sneak in a workout and we realized they were closed and we realized they must have closed for Veterans Day. Yes. Um, but also uh, across the ocean, another continent away, that's also the same day, 11-11, there's something in, in China called Singles Day. I don't mm. know if you're familiar with that. I am, but please do tell our audience. So Singles Day is uh, kind of like our Black Friday. It's kind of a holiday made up by business to basically encourage shopping and is a brainchild of Alibaba, a big online giant, and basically um, encourages singles and, and, and just shopping online. Um, and and uh, it's, it's, it's been a huge day, just to give you some comparison. Historically, uh, for example, last year, I think, or pre-pandemic, you know, you would have on singles days, this one day of online shopping, they would generate about $115 billion U.S. billion, U.S. dollars. 115, 15 that's bi- billion um, of sales. And in contrast, Black Friday in the United States and, and also Cyber Monday, when you add the two together, that was $21 billion. Wow. So it's a big five X. Yeah. This year, however, um, you know, Singles Day only netted about eighty eighty four billion, which is still a huge amount of money by any means. Um, but part of it was there's some political um, dynamics going on in, in China right now because the government's trying to promote this common prosperity theme and not not the, and you know because there's and they're uh, being a little stricter on tech companies and so tech companies were not allowed to super advertise and promote the singles day as much as they've done and promote so many specials and things that they were doing so there was a little tampering of it uh, but it's still still pretty successful and it's still yeah, pretty it's pretty like promising Cyber Monday <laughs> yeah 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 times three times three or four still yeah. <laughs> so uh, interesting to see next week is Thanksgiving and it'll be interesting to see how Black Friday now I've been seeing a lot of Black Friday sales and well, they start earlier retailers. and earlier now. They start earlier yeah, and earlier. Free Black Friday. Yeah. Then the- well, and even the uh, I, I, just even in our student housing property, I didn't realize as well. Looking at our Facebook, excuse me, our Instagram feed because we got it. our own Black Friday. Yeah, we have well, and well, but the other interesting thing is we also have a Christmas tree up, wow. and I was surprised like, oh, Christmas trees are up already. Yeah. I just you know put, finally put away yesterday my Halloween little cauldron that I left for the kids to get their trick or treat candy. Dude, and I, I realized, I like, oh my god, it's Christmas already. In 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 the in the retailers that are really like active, they have that tree up November first. Yeah, like I I've seen it where they're like putting the trees and decorations up November first. And I guess I mean I haven't been to a mall in a while, so I guess it, all the local. Or malls just like trees when you see the urban up. retail when you're yeah. walking, like I see it like. Those folks that are like banking, they they'll put that tree up and get people like thinking about Christmas or as early as yeah. possible. And there's also this like, and I think it's true. This whole you know this this constant headline of like order early this year because of supply chain. I mean, I'm sure that's very true that there is a supply chain issue, and that you should order early. But it's also just like a great like thing for all retailers to yeah. just like hey, get people to order early let's like get these counts <laughs> yeah. in now well the other thing i, I heard that uh, some, i mean you should have some, supply some, chain some, issues every year some, for, some, according some, to retailers. some retailers and definitely some toy manufacturers they're saying they prepared you know even though there will be some shortages but and they're pushing parents to order but this is a good excuse for them to actually to raise their prices too to sneak in a little and to oh, yeah. kind of justify it by saying that you know the supply problems and i'm sure there is supply problems but it's also a little bit they can actually push the line a little bit more onto the pr- the pricing onto the consumers. 
But yeah. speaking of, of like of of pushing pricing, so I've seen this other thing. We've talked about a little bit on this pod about like shrinkflation and like how you're getting like basically you know for what used to be a you know an eight ounce bag of potato chip is now like seven and a half yeah. or seven ounces, or like you know, that you know that cup of coffee is no longer twelve ounces; it's eleven. Yep. Or we've talked about like how you know as you get more self service, yeah, you get yep. to hotels staff. like my hotels, like oh, yeah. I can't get my room cleaned every yeah, day. Yeah, you've got to go <laughs> tell them to clean the room every day or get more towels. But the the other the new one that I've like started watching, and I, I'm sure there's like articles on this, but it's actually like what I, I I'm gonna term it myself as like fake savings. Mm-hmm. And so what it is is like when you go to certain stores now, because we're so almost at least, and this is really tell, telling of myself is like you're really trained to look at like where you can like it's like all the let's just say wine is like what which one is like four dollars off or which one's five dollars off and like your eye is naturally drawn to the one that's yellow and four or five six dollars off and and so i was at gelson's the other day and i was like wow there's like vines here that are like four dollars off or three dollars off and then i started looking at because i know some of these bottles and i'm like i'm like dude that's that's actually more than just like the regular pricing if you go to like a regular store but you're at Gelson's, which doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But you're like, they're like, oh, this is four dollars off, which so it would normally be like a ten dollar bottle, and they're like, but it's eleven ninety nine, but it's four dollars off, and you're like, you're still like two dollars more. Yeah. Like, it, and so you think you're like getting, getting a good, de- good deal, so you wanna, so you wanna. And buy. then I was reading this article that like basically this company was like talking about how they were charging forty dollars for their product. It's like this instant coffee brew product, mm-hmm. and then it was forty dollars for the product, and then it was like five ninety five for shipping, <laughs> and then what they figured out was like. Instead of doing it that way, just charge forty-eight dollars for the product and give the give the consumer like twenty-five percent off, mm-hmm. and you'll basically net to the same amount. But there will be like way more people more that order. Yeah, that was the, the that was the thesis, the and that's what happened. There was pricing, like yes. literally twenty-five percent more people ordering because like most people were like, I don't want to pay for the shipping. I'm already been trained that I don't need to pay for that, and they didn't care that it was like it's basically the same thing, but it feels really good to get twenty-five percent off. And so that it's this like fake savings that's entered into our like inflationary world that now people are like retailers and people are getting really smart about. Yeah, yeah. It's a little sad <laughs> as a consumer, but well, no. Yeah, I was, then yeah. I was thinking, I was like, how do we do that in our apartments? Like, how do we? We're like, oh, you know, fake savings. Yeah, fake savings in our we, apartments. Oh, that's a we're good like, point. hey, we should think about yeah, that. I was like, how do you like get somebody to like cough up into a two bedroom and say, when they have their budget for a one? Like, how do you get them to do that? Or like, how do you get them to get the, the nicer one? Like, how do we do that? Like on fake savings there. Well, they, that's the, where my mind went. The, the, so. other, the, the other interesting I, I saw also, too, was uh, 3D printing. I don't remember. It was used to be this whole, like, rage. Well, now it's real. No, no now it's real. Yeah. But, but the, its popularity has waned a bit. Oh, okay. And, and then the pandemic hit. And actually now it's they've actually found a need. It was interesting. In the energy industry, um, I saw this interesting article. Chevron um, decided to use, because they, you know, all these big, um, oil plants and gas plants they have to do all this expensive maintenance and they can't because of supply chains a lot of times if they don't have a certain particular product part they can't do the maintenance mm-hmm. and they realize that oh you know what you know and they tried it on whim let's use this company had a 3d printing business and they said they could make that part using 3d printing mm-hmm. and they made it and they were so impressed it's obviously not the same as the real part but it was just so it was way more better than they thought it was so they bought it either they bought they buy this this part so that they can, can do their maintenance they uh, they bought the intellectual property rights to to, to this oh, 3d printing too and the and the ra- business rationale it said was because if you shut down because you can't do this maintenance because you're delayed it can cost you anywhere from tw- and these are big you know multi 54 billion dollar gas plants yeah it, it it costs you anywhere from 20 to 50 million dollars 
And so uh, if it's going to you're going to lose that much money in revenue, you know, as opposed to buying a hundred thousand dollar part. <laughs> so it's like you buy the hundred thousand dollar part. You buy this. You buy this three D part, which is good enough for this. And so it's totally uh, rejuvenated the three D uh, printing market. That's uh, so they're going to have like huge robust sales and, and the energy. You know, kudos to I guess the energy industry to figure out a way. And I'm sure there's other aviation. Yeah, industries. I'm sure there's other, tons other of applications things. for it. So, I mean, I was actually I was telling you my cousin moved to a new place in Brooklyn, and and as I was touring his new place. He's like, yeah, I, I'm gonna set up a 3D printer over here, and I'm like, and I was like, wait, how big he, was the printer? What, was it? I, it, well, he hadn't set it up, and he had bought it, but he said it so casually. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my TV here, and I'm put this here, and then I'm gonna set this 3D printer up here. I'm like, that's like very casual. Like, what does that mean? Like, what are you gonna do with that? And it, then like we're in New York, so I, I lost track of asking what the hell he's gonna do. I need to go back and ask him. I was yeah, like, like, what is he? He mean said it very casually. I don't know. I don't know. He's gonna. I don't know. He's gonna build tiny houses or what? But like. I was like, what? What is this guy going to like set up this three D printing for? I don't know what he's going to do. But he's he said it very casually. Like I was like, they'd be like, as you're walking through my house, I'm put the toaster here and yeah. I'm gonna do this here, and then he's like, yeah, I'm gonna put this three D printer here. I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, maybe people that's, are that's doing. A, it. I don't know. Interesting. The other thing that's um, uh, uh, other sales of a product that's gone up is robotics. Hmm. I guess given the labor shortage, one of the biggest things that's taken off this year. It's probably the best year ever for people to buy robots to basically manufacture things because there's not enough humans <laughs> and so <laughs> to fill these jobs and so uh robotics is on for a, a, a crazy year i think um first nine months of 2021 it's already been 1.48 billion in, in sales uh, 29,000 robotic parts have been sold and so previously uh our high was uh, 1.47 billion and so there's 1.48 already be you know only nine months in so it's it's going to be a, a record year for robotics. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, what, what the uh, the Rivian, um, oh the electric car, the, ele electric truck. the electric truck IPO was was so crazy last week, and I and I now I've sort of dug in a little bit more and, and kind of what, what's really interesting about it is really two things I've noticed is like one they've sold 120 trucks, <laughs> and those trucks are all to employees, <laughs> and so at 120 billion dollar IPO or whatever their value I mean valuation. I, or well, more or than, 40 billion the, or whatever. Yeah, whatever the valuation is, more than GM. And it's more Ford than GM and it's more than Ford, yeah. yeah. And but but what's interesting is like basically it's like values it basically like 40 million dollars a truck for the, what they've sold to date. Yeah. But I guess the other part of it that sort of like is is uh, you know in parallel is that what's happening is you're having like this whole exodus of truck drivers or lack of truck drivers in the world and specifically in America. And it's also slowing down the supply chain. And this, and what's happening is that you're just not able to find these find people to take that job because it's such an, it's a grueling job, a grueling job, job to like, yeah. and it's not like, a lot of benefits and I, I didn't realize, job. but like, I guess there's like a lot of like partner truck drivers, and that's what like, do you mean partner? well, they're like husband and wife partnerships oh, okay. that like actually like take turns driving, and they they have like a real cabin, and they kind of like, they they see America for sure, <laughs> and like so, but that that's like really hard to find, like it's really hard to find these truck driver folks. And so one of the things, that, and, and they obviously use a lot of fuel, but the idea is that as Rivian and Tesla and all these folks come out, that obviously that these will be electric trucks. But the other side of it is eventually these will be hopefully driverless trucks. Mm. And so there's like a huge savings that these guys are all looking at, like salivating over about when they can get this electric truck movement going. Mm -hmm. No, it's, no, it's true. I think we, we talked about it on the last pod. I mean, they, there's like 80,000 truck driver shortage yeah and, and so so yeah if you can get to the driverless truck stage um definitely that that, that, that will help alleviate 
these issues. I think because I don't think people are rushing to become truck driver. Well, I, yeah, I think it's <laughs> not really an enviable job yeah, yeah, it's, anymore. It's, it's not an aspiring job <laughs> that when you when you're little you want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess this, you know, talking about the GM and those companies. I think it was GM who said too, like they they made this big commitment. They think you know electric is the way in the, in the next few decades. They and I think. Uh, do they does one of the car companies own Rivian or is a big investor in it? Uh, Ford, I think, is like an Ford, investor. There was someone talking about how like they think electric trucks and additional electric cars will be the future. Yeah, so, I could see that. So, um, I could totally see that. Yeah, you know, talk about shortage of jobs. The, that was the other interesting number that came out last week um, when you talk about job openings. Um, so as of November fifth, here's an interesting number. Um, there are 11.2 million uh, job openings in the U.S. 11.2 million jobs. Okay, we're, versus, give me some context on versus that. Versus 7.4 million unemployed workers. So there's more job openings out there, and than than oh, than the actual workers. Than the actual workers, um, but you still can't. They're still having a hard time filling that job, and part of that goes back to the, what we talked about: the quits, the total quits in, in oh, the oh the year. resignations. Yeah, or 4.4 million. So uh, you know, pre-pandemic. Total job openings we had were like about 7.2 million. So it's kind of close to the number of yeah, people looking for close, jobs. For sure. but, but now it's completely, you know, just, just you know, uh, opposite. And so, um, you know. Interesting. It, it still doesn't know how we're going to fill all those jobs. Um, you know, and, and this even accounts for seasonality because obviously there's a lot of jobs now too, even more so. You know, Target and all these other guys, Walmart hiring for the holiday season. That's a few hundred thousand, uh, or if not a million jobs right there. So, um, interesting. Well, I think, I think what job what situation we, this job situation, you know, not not to go all historical on you, but I think the same situation really happened like post Vietnam War when there was like a real need for just labor and, and skilled labor specifically. And educated labor even more specifically, and there was like this rush of immigration that happened. And like for Indian people, that was like a big time of like a mm. lot of people from India came here. So, so I think you know, and Biden's probably the right guy for it. But like, there's probably like a pretty wide amount of immigration that could now happen yeah. to fill these job sectors. Yeah. Well, you definitely need some policy changes to figure out how. Yes. To, to direct. The, the right people to the to the because there's obviously all the, what this data suggests is there's jobs there's jobs <laughs> yeah there's jobs there's, there's jobs out there but but how do you get them all filled really yeah that's the challenge yes I would agree um, should we do some items of the week or is it sure it, or, wait 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 we actually had a question this week we had a really good question this week yes and so uh, this is from again Jason coming up with really stellar questions. Uh, which COVID-related changes are going to be just blips? Which are permanent? And what is the overall effect of these on the apartment industry? So, okay. I, so I think this is really interesting because we went through a lot of this in 2020. And I think like if you look back, like we've talked so much in, in you know, season one, obviously, about some of these things. Like we had rent raffles. We had virtual tours that we'd never done before. We had self-guided tours. And I think some of that, like, we're not doing rent raffles anymore, but yeah. we're still, like, if you want to virtually tour something, if you want a self-guided yeah. tour, go for it. Like, yeah. it, that's always the, there the for The push you. into online technology to assist you in real estate. Yeah. Real estate's always considered one of these old fogey institutions that right. are slow to, and, and to like, adapt to And technology. to be honest, like, that's even our, a lot of our workforce type housing, the idea is that, well, we don't know if that consumer base is going to, like, go FaceTime with you or if, if they're going to be able to, like, use Matterport, the virtual yeah. tour, or if they're gonna like sign a lease online. And you know, I think we 
thought there would be some, but I think overall we were quite happy that there was more than we would have yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think I that's think that one thing that continue. I noticed. Yeah, what, what did that, you notice? Uh, I agree that that part and the whole just people spending more time on on digital on just digital uh, leasing. You know, like like. Uh, doing those tours, making that process. People actually, some companies I know at the higher end who are really into tech are, are using AI. We haven't gotten to that point. Uh, but I do think that- Yes, that <laughs> maybe trend, one day. That, trend, that, you know, in terms of having when someone's, you know, when you catch them looking at your website, then a little <laughs> box pops up, people start talking to them, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that will continue. And I think, you know, especially as, as people age, I, I, you know, my generation doesn't use that, but but the younger generation are much more used to the sort of online and, and, and yeah. doing and, stuff and online. And seeing stuff without, I mean, signing yeah. leases, signing leases yeah. without actually touring yeah. the apartment. Well, just like similarly, I guess a lot of people have been buying houses yeah. without, without actually going to see them because of COVID. And so, so I think that will still well, that, continue. You know, that actually brings up an interesting thing because I think one of the things that happened last year was we saw like a, a, a pretty good year in renewals. Mm -hmm. Like we actually saw that, that renewals were quite a bit up because there was just people just didn't you know especially in may june july were not like okay i'm gonna go leave my apartment they had bigger concerns they didn't want to go outside yeah, too yeah. much especially even our dallas stuff which got normalized pretty quickly we saw renewals actually like i think for a lot of assets was record highs mm -hmm. in renewal rates yeah. and but i think that's a one-time thing that's more of a blip and i think we'll regress back to kind of the normal 60-ish percent, 70 percent that we normally see. I think last year we had eight assets that were like 75, 80 percent. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think at the, at the A properties, you saw even stronger renewal because people were just like, okay, yeah. I can just be here. Yeah. And I like where I live and I'm, I'm not- yeah, I like the amenities. Like yeah, the whatever. Amenities. I'm comfortable here. I'm not gonna move and do all that and risk risk myself, whatever that meant. So I think those were some. And what, the, the other one, like, you know, I think that we saw beyond like self-guided tours and virtual leasing and things of that nature was like you you there was like uh, early on there was this idea that people would want more space and like maybe people would opt for like three or two bedroom apartments and i think we saw a little bit of that but i think in, in our we didn't see that much i i thought we would have seen more yeah not the, not that many people in the workforce yeah and the, i think most most of the I think in luxury if you can afford it people did want more space yeah, maybe in the luxury sector. Definitely in the rent, rent for, uh, home rental sector, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, in the student space, we didn't see that much. It was sure. kind of like just students more or less were just wanting to get back. Yeah, people just back. wanted to get back to school. And I think the renewals were higher. Yeah. I think the renewals were higher in student housing. I mean, I think the, the other thing that's happened, and I don't know if this is, I think it's overall positive, is like cleanliness standards have gone up. That's like, true. Like, we're <laughs> cleaning thing, more. I, we're I think cleaning it's good. More, it's disinfecting more. We're yeah, we're just just more. we're just doing a lot more of those things, which yeah. should lead to healthier communities. Yeah. I think. So I and I, but I don't know if that's like we're gonna see like we're gonna be like oh look only like we got you know a twenty percent reduction. We're cleaning more. I don't think we're we're doing the you know that like you know there was so much fear over surfaces transmission of COVID. Well, so I think there's all these extra in. that all those extra cleanings and so I, I think people still doing a little more extra cleaning but they're not doing instead of three times cleaning it's yeah now two times it's a, so they're not going overboard on uh, the, the well, fear of that i think it's been gone. proven out yeah. that that's like a little bit yeah that's yeah. overboard so so you know there's some there's definitely cost reductions on some of that stuff and i think that's going away yeah, so I think I think overall, like we're still trying to see where a lot of this stuff lands. Like I think we we definitely 
something's really improved in our industry, which yeah. usually takes a long time for things to improve well, I think in our well, industry. I think, well, I think this next year, I was, you know, I'm working on our asset management letters for, for our quarterly asset management letters. And one of the themes I was thinking about was we're probably at that inflection point now where, okay, in the next year, it's truly a return to normal and what the new normal is. Yeah. You, you know, while we may still have, you know, the big fear down the last two weeks is cases after the summer, everything flattening out with Delta and everything. Now it seems like you know starting to rise at least in certain states. Oh, so people are starting to yeah. So people are starting to get worried about the will mm. there be another winter uh, bump of, of COVID. But even if there is, it still won't be like you know last like winter previous, but years, previous yeah. month because of all the vaccinations and all yeah. the other things. And then now there's actually some other drugs to kind of treat um, if if you catch COVID, some of the antivirals that we talked about. And so, um, but so I think now is the time actually now to start really contemplating, you know what. Life is, you know, like you said, won't be COVID won't be gone. Yeah, life that, how to live with it, how to live with COVID. Yeah. And this next year, will I think it'll pan out which things truly are blips and which things will truly are not. Yeah, well, this focus more on just the apartment industry, but life as a whole, you're right. Yeah. Well, this is well, no, I mean also in the apartment industry, we'll yeah. we'll we'll see what if people survives. keep taking yeah. you know, self guided tours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Or other, well, already anything else in terms of technology and other things. Fair, 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 fair. Uh, well, any I uh, well, let's do our items of the week. So. Uh, you you've given a lot of numbers. Any numbers we miss? Uh, no. When when was a? I have a number that's related a little bit to personal content. Um, so um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a little older. One of the shows I remember uh, from watching when I was a, a kid was I Love Lucy. Yes. I don't know if you've yes. you ever watched that. Well, yes. And, yeah, and the, a, the upper a, half of our audience will remember that. There's a there's a new. Uh, Film coming out, and, and I read an article about it, so I haven't seen it yet, but but it's definitely will watch it. Uh, December twenty one, there's a Amazon Prime movie coming out called oh. Being the Ricardos. Oh, Nicole, I like that. Nicole Kidman and Javier uh, Bardem play Lucille oh. Ball and Desi Arnaz. I don't know this Javier fellow, but I like <laughs> I like the story of this. And and so um, and it's interesting when you think back about you know Lu- Lucille Ball and, yeah. and, and, and and Desi Arnaz, you know, because <laughs> at, at that time. You know, it doesn't seem so radical now, but you know, sort of was a mix, yeah. mixed couple. Yeah, got, got, got Hispanic. Hispanic. I mean, it was a big deal back then. And, it's like sixty years and ago. And it's, it's it's also one of the earlier. And back then, obviously, there was only four major TV shows, <laughs> TV channels, channels, yeah, channels and networks. So, so we got a lot of attention. And one one thing I found interesting about it was, um, you know, when Lucy had her baby. And, and she actually had, she had a, baby. a baby. She had a baby on the show, oh, Little Ricky, and then he had. She Ricky. also had like a baby that. in real life at that time too. Oh, and it it's was dying. such a popular show. They had actually had 44 million viewers watch it. And the day before that episode premiered, um, Dwight Eisenhower was uh, inaugurated as president of the United States. And only 29 million people watched his inauguration. So more people were really fascinated by um, and, and, and loved the, the couple. They were also, which I found I didn't realize, they were also a very savvy business couple. And so in the Desi? Yeah, they had this really? Desi Lou Productions, which you always see oh. the thing at the end. But they also produced... A um, couple other sh- hit shows from that time period: Mission Impossible, Star Trek, and The Untouchables. Wow! And so, uh, so the two of them were a very interesting business interesting. duo too. That was, that was like a pretty real, fascinating. yeah, Jay Z Beyonce, yeah, like Jay Z Beyonce the 40s, of, of the fifties, of the fifties. So yeah, wow. I thought this really fascinating. I didn't and so, that. Um, like I said, having seen a lot of their, uh, probably most of their, almost all their shows, I, I bet. Uh, I thought it was interesting. So definitely, we'll look forward to watching that. That. Uh, and what was movie. the number again? The uh, uh, 44 million. Oh, wow. Well, viewers. Well, okay. All right. For so, one episode. Yeah. That's good. Uh, my, my number is actually. Uh, Bruno versus 29 million. 
for, yeah. for Dwight Eisenhower. So my number was, uh, is, is actually our, one of our own. It's actually the 52% pre-lease slash renewal rate at our oh. very own <laughs> Echo 1055 in Las okay. Vegas, which in just looking kind of at the landscape of college student housing, and, and I, obviously this is more anecdotal, but that is one of the higher numbers that yeah. I've seen kind of the first week of November, first, second week of November. So that is like, like a tremendous work to a, like a stunning asset in, in Las Vegas. But like really, I mean, that's a, that a big number yeah. to get yeah. to 52 this yeah. early. Yeah, I'm very proud of it, of yeah. our whole team's efforts and well, work. And I'm really proud of our team's effort and our GM, Marcel, and, and, and the whole Be Home group. But like the other part of this thing that's really interesting is that if you look back five years ago, we weren't even sure if that was a residential campus. Yeah. That's that, that that's and, true. We were we were we were pioneers. We were pioneers. We were, we were the guys and, who took and, the bet. That's and it. we got a lot you of those. Yeah, we got a lot of those <laughs> from a lot of lenders who thought no student housing won't work at UNLV. Yeah. And oh, we're just probably I mean, our, and yeah, this is our second year. That, and probably. this is our second year of operation. And, and yeah. since, since we built in twenty nineteen. Second year. Yeah, in twenty nineteen, and, and as you said, the pre leasing. And just as a comparison note too, our main competitor, which is on land that's leased to them ground leased by the university so it gets a little advantage advantage because that's technically considered on-campus land they're bigger than us actually and i'll i'll be the first to admit they're a little more luxurious than us although we are still class a apartment a student housing project they're only one percent pre-leased yeah so and that could i think that's something to do with how the university tiers its its uh, applications all that but just as a whole just looking at our asset to be 52 percent. i mean i think there's not many assets and many other much larger institutions with much more you know his uh, well entrenched student housing communities that are 52 this early yeah. so yeah real kudos to them yeah. yeah i mean actually even in contrast we uh, i visited one in denton yeah uh, when i was in dallas great project and, and and that was a great new product and they're only like five percent pre-leased yeah. so, so. That, that goes to show you how like strong that number is yeah um well, I have, an, I have a, a content item this week beyond the 52%. Is sure. I've been obviously watching Succession like many others, but I've also gotten turned on to uh, Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy. And I, I, it's, just, it's just a documentary of Stanley Tucci, who is from his mom, his mother and father, both sides are from Italy. And he's just is like wanderings through Italy. And he just like, I don't know. The guy himself is like very charismatic. Yeah, he's he a charismatic, a great actor. Great actor, very like charismatic, and just like you know, always like well dressed, and he's just like constantly like dude and like devil wears Prada. <laughs> but he's like, but he just goes through Italy, just eating like eating burrata and just like eating salami <laughs> and like I don't know. He just does it with a lot of style, and like you're just yeah. like fascinated yeah. by this guy's whole like walk. So it's kind of like that fascination you watch when you see Anthony Bourdain. It's something doing your like shows. that. He's not as he's not like as like avant garde as Anthony Bourdain. He's on that edge. Mm -hmm. He's much more softer, but it's like he's very cool. Like cool. there's this cool factor to the guy. And I guess like so. Then they were like they were like, how does he like stay so trim? Because he's like. Yeah. You know, he's like your age. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, and he's <laughs> eating burrata all the time. All, he's like eating all his burrata and drinking all his wine. And, and like, I guess it, the guy like literally just like runs like all the time. Like he runs like five, oh, he's running 10 in the, miles. The like he's jogging like all the time. And like, I was like, damn, like he's, burning, like, he's pretty he's burning dude. A, like, you know, burning his calories. Where, where's the bald head well do? Uh, you know, if I ever go bald head, I want to look like that guy. Um, anyway, that was my little content. Any content for you? Uh, well, other than Ricardo's, the other content I, I saw was an interesting Netflix movie called The Harder They Fall, yeah. which was a uh, cowboy movie, uh, but it was 
all cast with African American characters, and oh. so it was just a it was just a very fun. Uh, you know, it had elements of old westerns with the guns and. and you know the good guy and the bad guy cowboys nice. I like um it. you know but then it had really eclectic uh soundtrack and uh just just very cool characters and fun 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 dialogue so i recommend that very cool any uh any upgrades for you this week uh no upgrades although finally uh, made it back to the gym after my uh been out a little bit because of my flu i told you last week so oh yes I'm fully recovered now so yeah well i'm i'm fully uh fully in into my orange theory in my new neighborhood. The only the only thing I and I don't know if it's a it's an upgrade. It's well it's not a downgrade, but I'm I'm still trying to figure out if it's an, if it's an upgrade. I'm ending up in these classes that like there's just a lot of women. And like <laughs> like it's just me and like one other dude and like twenty women. Is it the and time you're taking the class? It is the time hey, well, I don't the know, minute at work orange or something? theory is really big in the <laughs> soccer mom community or what like but I'm just like maybe this is like working real estate for like twenty years and like being around a lot of dudes. This is my like you know way to like balance open myself it. up and <laughs> get you your know. balance. Yeah, catch my balance and like you know get in touch with a side I just don't know much about. So uh, yeah, I guess that's an upgrade. I, I haven't figured out yet. I don't know. <laughs> I might quit my membership, but for now I, I'm gonna try and take it on. So uh, all right, guys, that does it for us. Um, this was a fantastic pod as usual. Please do continue to subscribe on your podcast app. We'll be always very thankful if you leave us a five star review. If you have any questions, you can always reach us at pod at goodlifehp.com. And you can find us on all those social media apps, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. David Fong, any final, final, last Just a normal, words? be safe, everyone. Get vaccinated or get your booster shot. Yes. Thank you, David. All right, folks. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll catch you next week. Uh, a Thanksgiving edition. I don't know if that means anything, but we'll try our best. Bye. Bye.